1: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full
1: terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by Mick Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mick Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered, too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18-plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Dramatic pause. A dramatic pause says something without saying
2: anything at all. Dramatic pause is a go-to for podcasters, presidents, and radio voiceovers.
1: It makes you look really smart, even if you're not. Feet deserve a go-to like that. Like Hey Dude Shoes. Light, comfy, good to go to. Welcome to Codge Talk full-time. I'm Russ Goldman, and joining me right now is Craig and Larry Coben. This show is our initial reaction to the 5-1 full loss against Arsenal at Craven Codge. This is a very bad loss, and we're just going to share our reactions to it. But before I do anything, I have to welcome both my co-hosts to the show, one making his debut first. Craig, how you doing? Hi, Russ. How are you? I've been better, my friend. That was a tough morning for me here in America.
2: It was indeed. It was a terrible day for all of us.
1: Absolutely. Well, we have a little bit of a surprise. Like I mentioned, we have your brother joining us who actually wanted to come on Cottage Talk. Larry, welcome to Cottage Talk.
0: Thanks, Russ. It's a pleasure to be here. I've been listening to Craig on it several times, and you know how sibling rivalry goes. (laughs) Since I was going to be at the game, uh, here I am.
1: Okay, well, I look forward to getting your view on this along with Craig. Craig, I'll start with you. This obviously was a very bad loss for Fulham. There's much to uh, break down. We'll be doing more of that in the Cottage Talk post-match show. But just give me your reaction to this loss here.
2: I think it's pretty straightforward. We can't defend like that and stay in the premiership. Uh, We were exposed the entire time, especially along Fulham's right side.
1: Absolutely. Uh, It looked
2: like we started the game with a three-man defense. We did. We were playing high up the pitch. And... Uh, Arsenal's strategy was very straightforward. Every time they got the ball, they looked to go behind Christie and to stretch uh, our back line. We didn't get Very effective, by the way. I'm sorry?
1: It was very effective, by the way, unfortunately. It was
2: very effective, and we were lucky to go into halftime 1-1, and the second half was effectively a capitulation. We looked like Conor McGregor.
1: Okay, very good. Larry, over to you. You watched this with your brother. What were your thoughts about this loss?
0: Well, first, uh, I think he's really spot on. You can't play if you don't play defense. You can't be in the Premier League. Yep. And really, it's a continuation of last year where the team wasn't strong defensively, but they were able to cover the gaps because the level of play in Championship League versus Premier League is different. But yep. now those defensive deficiencies are just showing up everywhere. Arsenal could have scored several more times. And on the offensive side, if you can't be vertical, you're not going to score. Mitro is a you know a great player. He's an explosive player. I refer to him as Glycerin, but he can't do it by himself.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. You're totally right about that. And, Craig, I want to go to you because I, I actually i am going to read a tweet to you. This is from Mike Gregg, who is one of our co-hosts, and uh, he actually tweeted this after this match. I think it's a good talking point to ask you your thoughts on what he actually tweeted about. out. This is what he tweeted. Second half, a real lesson in difference between quality and hard work. Can't let three goals in where basically players head back to goal. Scroll and I still feel flatters them a bit. Bigger games, that will have a telling on our season coming up. He's obviously pointing up to these matches coming up. But first half competitive, but, but like you guys were talking about, it could have been worse. They could have scored a couple more goals. But it does come down to the defense, Craig. Where else do we go? Well, first of
2: all, we have a soft defense. We've had a lot of injuries. Malston had been injured, and he's still probably not 100%. Callum Chambers couldn't play today because he's obviously a loanee from Arsenal. Tim Ream didn't look terribly fit. And uh, Joe Ryan and, and uh, Timothy Fosu-Mensa are, are both injured. So we were quite depleted you know, with our defense, uh, and it really showed. Uh, we had a back three, at least in the first half, um, and only Doy really really held the for. I think the I think Reem looked off the pace um, yeah. and Le Marchand, I don't think is capable of playing quite at this level. The other problem we have is we lack a defensive midfielder. Um, Kevin McDonald, you know has been exposed as probably not being quite quick enough at this level, but Anguissa is not really able yet to play as a defensive midfielder. Uh, I think his positional awareness, his ability to, break opposition lines with passes, just not there. So we just get overrun in the midfield, and it puts a tremendous amount of pressure on on the defense. Uh, I think we need to start working from back to front a little bit. We actually look good going forward. Our front three actually worked pretty well.
1: But, I thought so, uh, too.
2: We were left down in the midfield and defense.
1: Okay, so for you, it really is two-thirds of the pitch, the midfield and the defense. But once we get the ball moving forward, We're okay, but what's interesting is that the minute we lost the ball, Craig, and this kept happening over and over again, I'm glad that you talked about going down the side of uh, Christie and Odoy, especially in the first half, we were just obliterated, and it could have been worse, so for you, it really needs to work from central midfield and the defense. They need to get that right.
2: Yeah, I mean, Odoy was overloaded so many times on that side. He was the right central back in the back three, Yeah, and he's having to... Covered two or three players and it just was creating all sorts of difficulty. I also thought, to be honest, I thought Sari had quite a poor game again um, and he didn't really dictate the pace of play. We really do miss a player like Kearney, somebody who can set the tempo and control the game. So it really was the the midfield and the defense had quite a poor game in my opinion.
1: Okay, and uh, it's funny because I was Mentioning to you that um, I was watching the broadcast on NBC Sports Network, and at halftime, Robbie Earl said that he was pointing out Christie and Adoy as being part of the problems in this match in the first half. Is that what you saw as well?
2: Well, I saw. I think Christie was a big problem. He was playing too high up the pitch, and his crossing wasn't good enough. I actually thought Adoy was just overwhelmed and out and outnumbered. And so, to me, it was more of a tactical question than. Uh, a question particularly to a doy bear in mind a doy is not a natural center back he's a very versatile player but he's not physical ideally you'd have players like moston and chambers as your two center backs but uh that wasn't that's not the case and so we're trying to put a you know band-aid or plaster on to the problem
1: okay very good larry i, w- I want to go back to you You said something very interesting you were talking about Mitrovic and the play up front and craig has said this as well, that the three up front are are doing their job basically, but the rest are letting us down, especially uh, defensively. It's been bad. So what are you seeing when you're watching Mitrovic? Do you see a player that may be a little bit frustrated, or or do you just see him just, uh, again, not getting the opportunities? He's working hard, but um, they're just not getting it to him enough. He's working
0: incredibly hard. He's just not getting the type of service that he needs. I mean, I think they were terribly deficient in getting the ball to him in a place where he could do anything with it today. And, you know, as good as he is, you know, if he doesn't get the ball in a place that, you know, there's even a scoring potential, that's just not going to happen. And, the, I mean, the crosses were not good. The services were not good. Uh, I mean, I think he was a little bit frustrated, but he never stops working. It's one of the things that really impresses me about him. And by the way, I don't think anybody on the team really quit today. I didn't see any quit in the team. Right. It seems to me, though, that they were outplayed, number one, and bluntly I think they were outcoached because at some point when the same thing keeps happening over and over again, the definition of insanity is to expect a different result, and that's what kept <laughs> happening out there.
1: Glad that you brought that up because that's the next place I want to go with our initial reaction. Craig, we already talked about the change of formation to a 3-4-3. Three, Big talking point for me was at halftime, was he going to change? I was going back and forth with a friend of mine in Spain. Would he go back to a flat-back four? He did not. I'm talking about Slavisa, He waited to make the change, and, of course, they scored another goal before he made that change. Was this a tactical error, going with a 3-4-3 instead of a flat-back four? Well, I think
2: I think he went with a 3-4-3 because he didn't have the personnel of uh, and he did not want to play Ryan Cessignon as a left back, because I think Ryan Cessignon, I think we've now seen he doesn't have the physicality or the positional awareness really to be uh, a suitable left back. Um, the second goal was a bit of a scrappy goal. I could, it was at the opposite end, so I couldn't say it that well, yep. but it looked like it just came out of nothing. We just didn't fight for the ball hard enough right. and had uh, scored a you know a, a screamer. But that being said, I, I think when you switch to three in the back, you're always vulnerable going down the wings. And so what was interesting was that Arsenal kept attacking down Christie's side. They actually didn't no. attack that many times down Cessignon's uh, side, which suggests no. to me that um, Christie was probably out of position.
1: Okay. Let me ask you this. Would you have changed it at halftime if you were Slaviša? He waited. You Because, know, again, I think that was also part of the problem. I understand the reasoning behind of going three at the back. You just laid out one of the reasons. But would you have made the change at halftime, or do you think he did the right thing by trying to see it out at the beginning of the second half, the way that they were going? I was just concerned that we would see more of the same, and we kind of did.
2: Yeah, I mean, bear in mind the change that we made, of course, was, was, uh, was a difficult change to make because we were pulling a player quite early in the game. Who clearly wasn't fit, and that we were pulling actually, our, you know, the person who was generally speaking our best central, uh, our best centre back. So it was. I think you know he's trying to manage a situation which the defense has a lot of injuries, and yet we yep. still don't have a settled back four. I also think we wrong. to avoid having having Cessignon as the left back, uh, which is which is was pretty suboptimal. Um, sure. Overall. I don't think that was the problem. I think that Christie, he needed to decide what he wanted Christie to be doing. Christie was flying up the wing, putting in crosses that most of the time were not of high quality and leaving that, that gap exposed. And I think probably it would have been better to, to have been a bit more solid. If you're going to revert back to a back four, have Christie play the right, right back.
1: Right. Oh, very good there. Laurie, what are your thoughts about that? Because, again, this is just something I was talking to a friend at halftime. He was mentioning to me, he needs to go to a back four. Savisa so waited, they scored a goal, and eventually they made the change. But I understand what Craig's talking about with Session, that maybe that was part of the reason, and I think a lot of that had to do with the uh, situation with Christy, the way he was playing in this game. Your thoughts about the formation from a 3-4-3 three, three, and eventually changing it to a back four?
0: I mean, I think I would have probably made the change earlier, even or as early as I possibly could, simply because, it clearly wasn't working. They were clearly exposed all right. the time. You know, it's not like in the championship league where you can just outscore and outrun people like they did last year. It was, you know, we were sitting behind that goal and there you know, there was only one goal scored, but there easily could have been three or four goals scored. And yes. to allow that situation to fester, I think you're just asking for trouble. I mean, either Christie has to drop back further if you're going to maintain that formation, or you've got to do something to cover it. The other thing that seemed to happen, they didn't seem to play that, that formation particularly well. There were several times that, you know, two or three people would run to the ball, leaving a player unmarked in front. And that's another, you know, and they were very lucky not to be exposed more often on that as well. So they didn't, you know, whether that's coaching or just not following your assignments or not being familiar with the new formation, I would have gotten out of that formation as quickly as possible.
1: Okay. That kind of goes along with my thinking. But I understand what Greg's talking about as well because I think there was a reason why he went with the formation. I just was thinking maybe he should have uh, changed it at halftime. But he didn't, and uh, they scored a goal. But, again, it was horrific even after that. Even after they changed the formation, they scored several incredible goals. And, Greg, I want to go back to you because uh, we've got a bad habit here in New England. When a team loses, we always focus, obviously, everything that went wrong with a team that we follow. We do have to give a good amount of credit here to Arsenal because Arsenal played extremely well. They knew how to beat us, and they took advantage of many of their opportunities. And uh, the goal by Ramsey, I think, epitomizes just how good they were. That was a fantastic goal. I don't know if you got a good view of it. But I do want to just get both of your thoughts on Arsenal because I know we're focused so much on how badly Fulham played, but we have to praise how well Arsenal played. Look,
2: Arsenal um arsenal was set up in a, what i think was a 4-2-3-1 they had a lot of very good movement up front i thought uh Xhaka and um and lucas torreira as the, the two holding midfielders uh were dominant especially in the second half um and they never really looked that stretch or that trouble the goal we scored admittedly we had some good opportunities in the first half but the goal we scored was uh, a very quick counterattack after a poor pass by, I think it was Montreal was at the other end, so I couldn't see it that well. Um, but I, they seemed very comfortable. They seemed tactically very sound throughout the game. They also were, and you could see it when sitting up close, they were another class. They were a little bit quicker, a yeah. little bit stronger, a little bit better on the touch. And you could see that, for example, in the first goal, in the way in which Lacazette turned on. on that Reyes, was a crazy goal. Um, and, you know, Reem was on him. If anything, Reem was probably too close to him, but they were yeah. a better team at the, at the, uh, the you know, player-by-player player level.
1: Totally agree. That's why I kind of wanted to talk about that. And, Larry, your brother brought up a very good point there because I was going to mention the lockers that goal because that, to me, epitomized this game along with the Ramsey goal, but it's just a different quality. Again, as a Fulham fan, you just have to be, Gotta go back and remember how difficult this league is and the quality is just such a high step above. And you see that they have higher quality players than Fulham and they take advantage of their opportunities because they're just better players, Larry.
0: Absolutely. Look, there's I think a, a significant talent gap between Arsenal and uh Fulham. There's no question about it. You could see it in control of the ball speed and formate, and you know, across the board. And so I think when you're playing these, you know best teams in the Premier League, you know, the ones who are going to be in the top four or the top six, you know, you may have to put yourself and try to put yourself into more of a defensive shell and not play the kind of open game that was going on today. You know, I noticed what the Wolves seem to be doing is with a lot of the top teams is they're kind of tying them nil-nil or 1-1, then they're beating up on the teams in the lower half. Right. And maybe that's something that needs to be followed or, you know, by Fulham to some degree, because... If you're going to play an open game like the first half, I don't think I think the talent level differential really will get to you. It's
1: very interesting. Craig, I want your thoughts on that because we've talked a lot about that on Cottage Talk. That Slavica's style is an aggressive style. He only really knows one way and that's to be aggressive. He doesn't want to park the bus. He'll never park the bus. Is there a middle ground here? We've talked about this on Cottage Talk. Do you think that he can Find the balance. I, I heard him before the match talk about balance. Well, they didn't get the balance right here. Is there a way to get uh, balance here against some of these teams? Well, they did.
2: They did play a little bit more conservatively than normal. I mean, it was a. You, you will have noticed that, uh, for example, the goalkeeper uh, Beth Nelly was was hitting the long balls to Mitrovic. Good point. Fairly often, especially in the first half, and I think the center has for Arsenal was struggling. With the physicality of Mitrovic, whereas normally we try to pass it out from the back, or we or or Betonelli would pass it halfway up the pitch on the, along along the uh, along the the sides. So there was, we did have a more direct style this game. We didn't do as much of the passing out from the back as we normally do. I don't think it was that we were too open. I just think that we were overrun. Um, Slavisa is not. You know, it isn't his style to park the bus. No. He's not Sean Dyke. He's not Tony Pulis. That's not the way his, his teams play. His team, his style requires a very high level of technical sophistication, and it requires that the players bed down and take time to bed down and play together. I don't think they're, they've played enough together, and I don't think the team is necessarily in sync. And coupled with the defensive injuries and and, and frailties, we are – We're struggling right now. There's no
1: question about it. I'm glad that you talked about the injuries because uh, I would have liked to have seen Fosu Mensah in this game along with uh, Joe Bryant. I want to see if they offered anything different than what we saw here, but they're both out injured, and I was always concerned about that going into this match. It's not an excuse. It's actually fact that these guys are out, and the back four, even in this case, the back three, keeps chopping and changing, so there's no um, solidification there. It's just – There's just a lot of uncertainty throughout the pitch, but especially in the defense, and that's what has me concerned. But it's a brand-new team. They need to come together. But this was just a a hard lesson at Craven Cottage because at halftime you're thinking maybe they can get something from it. And then, uh, to Arsenal's credit, they put it up another gear, and they showed why that they're a top-six team, and they were very impressive today. So I want to hand it to them. Guys, before we go, I just want to get – Basically, closing thoughts from both of you. Larry, I'll start with you. Closing thoughts on this match. Where do Fulham go from here, in your opinion?
0: I I just hope that they get that defense solidified enough, quickly enough, that they can move somewhat up the standings. I'm concerned that you know they're hoping for a repeat of last year when they went on an incredible streak, and I just don't see how that can happen in the Premier League. Uh, I think that they may need to listen to people like you and Craig quite a bit, and... Uh, <laughs> Hopefully that'll get the team up and uh, to avoid relegation.
1: Okay, excellent. Craig, I want to say this to you, and very interesting what your brother said. I'll, I'll just share my thoughts on this. I think Fulham have the talent to stay in the Premier League and thrive eventually. I just think that right now they are struggling like you said, and they don't have a settle back for, which I think is a major issue. I don't think relegation is going to come at us, but if they continue doing this way, obviously it's a subject we have to talk about. So where do Fulham go from here in your eyes? Do you think that they have the talent to stay in the league?
2: Yes, I think Fulham have the talent to stay in the league, but we need to stop conceding so many goals. We need to have a settled back four, and we need to have a stronger player at number six. Um, McDonald okay. was a great number six in the championship. I don't think he necessarily has the pace uh, and uh, for for this level, and Onguisa does not seem to be... The player that can really replace him there. So I do think actually uh, not having a proper number six is going to pose a problem, especially because Slavisa's uh, normal formation of a 4 3 3 really requires yeah. one.
1: I totally agree with that. And uh, I'm a huge Kevin McDonald fan, Craig. Huge. I, I just don't know if this is uh, the level for him. I, I hate to say that. And I'll say the same thing about Stefan Johansson. There are certain players I just don't know if they are good enough to make the step up. It's hard because uh, I love these players, but I think that we're finding out in certain situations on the pitch, we're being exposed because we don't have those players or just not playing at this level. That's a good point by you because they need to rectify that situation. Can Nguisa be that player? I don't know. If not, they need to find that player in the January transfer window because that's exactly what Savisa needs for his system to work. That's a great point by you. All right, yeah. Guys, look, I
2: mean, last last season we 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 were often slack in defense, but we managed to score more goals than everybody else. Right. You know, I, I still remember the five four victory away at Sheffield United on a November Tuesday evening. We're not going to be able to do that at this level. We need to stop conceding so many goals if we're going to start getting any points.
1: Okay. Let me ask you this, and then we'll end this. This has been in the back of my mind, and something that we've talked about on Cottage Talk. Stuart Gray not being with Fulham anymore. How much of a factor do you think is that affecting the team, not having that defensive style coach the way that they've had in the past? Now, I'm not there at training. I don't know exactly everything that Gray did with the team. I like Scotty Parker, but it's, I have a feeling he's a different type of coach. Do you think not having Stuart Gray there has affected them?
2: Look, I don't know. I had understood that Stuart Gray trained the team primarily in set pieces. And, uh, you know, that that, so I think our problems run a lot deeper than the absence of Stuart Gray. But, you know, everything, you know, is based on hearsay. and, And so it's very difficult to know the exact truth. But I don't think that's our problem.
1: Okay. fantastic. Guys, thank you so much for joining me today. Larry, thank you for coming on Codstock. I hope you enjoyed it.
0: Russ, it was great. Thank you for having me. Uh, I really appreciate it, and I look forward to continuing to listen to you as the season plays out.
1: Well, thank you, Larry. I really appreciate it. Craig, it's always a pleasure coming on. Hope you can join me uh, again sometime.
2: Thank you, Russ. Take care.
1: Okay, well, that's great. Well, That's going to do it for this episode of Cottage Talk. For my co-hosts Craig and Larry Coben, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. see mcdonalds.com.
0: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.